It's the Morgan Evans More or Less Pickleball Podcast coming at you in three, two, one, boom. G'day folks, welcome to the show. My guests today are pillars in the industry. Trying constantly to change the game for the better, they are decent pickleball players. Not amazing, I'll be honest. But they're all-round top blokes. They are the founding brothers of Selkirk Sport. We're going to talk about the state of the game, the future of Selkirk, and if Mike can ride a bike. Now these two do have their names on my check, so I better play nice. Please welcome... Mike and Rob Barnes. G'day, fellas. How you doing? Hey, Morgan. How are you? Hey, Morgan. How's it going? I got you both. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> That's very rare. <laughs> it is. It is. Huh. Dreams do come true. There you go, folks. <laughs> so how you two doing? Good. It's been uh, quite the last couple of weeks. And yeah, kind of crazy, but and, and year, <laughs> year all together. It's, yeah, it's kind of a weird time. Yeah, just plugging along. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, generally, people are thinking. Yeah, 2020 is a write-off. Let's focus on 2021. But I feel like for Selkirk, it's obviously a huge year for a number of reasons. I hear rumors that you know the paddles, the uh, the new Vanguard paddles, were sold out within possibly 15 to 18 seconds. That seems unreasonable, but uh, let's let's be honest. It was 14. 14. Okay. Seconds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so how how's it been going? I mean, obviously the the reception has uh, has felt fantastic around the electronic intraweb. Um, and people with uh, with the paddles in the hands, tell us uh, tell us what's going on. Yeah, I mean the interweb is definitely uh, loving the Vanguard launch day went smooth. I mean at this point now we're just you know trying to ramp up and just keep up with demand and and uh, yeah everything's been really positive overall. People love the product and you know we're still working on some other shapes like your Maxima and and the and the power model as well. So yeah, we're just kind of moving forward. There's always something else to work on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you two are some of the hardest working millennials on the planet, I would say. We try. <laughs> um, you try. <laughs> Obviously, you've held back the release of the power models, but I'm sure you've used them and you're settled on the uh, the design. Is that in part because of you know how much goes into producing these paddles and uh, during, obviously, the difficult times, it's going to be tough to be able to pull off all the models at one time? Yeah, I mean, COVID definitely throws a wrench into things. So with the power paddle, we're working our best. We're, we we definitely think we have a product that people are going to love with that, especially people who have a more aggressive style and are looking for the extra power. So we're, we're looking at fall. Um, again, COVID kind of um, can disrupt things, but that's the goal we're going for right now. Yeah, and, and, and we didn't want to overwhelm I mean, mm -hmm. launching one model is, especially when we haven't done anything major in about two years, you know, one, launching one model is stressful enough, but kind of adding a, a second to that at the exact same time, it's just, it's just not really feasible. Mm, fair enough. So two years, two years looks like it's uh, kind of the norm for, for Selkirk. Is that uh, going to be the plan going forward? Part of the reason it was two years was because we were working on perfecting the performance and the technology. So I we could see speeding that up to once a year, but it really just depends on whether or not we have a better product. And what we definitely don't want to do is launch items too quickly. Like some companies are doing it every three months, every six months. That just isn't good for a brand. If you actually look in golf, it launching products too quickly destroyed the golf industry and, and quite a few golf retailers. Mm. It used to be that they launched every two years, then it got shortened every year, which was okay. Eventually, though, brands were launching the latest and greatest every three months. And people kind of picked up on that eventually. It was like, I just bought this two months ago. And now you have another latest and greatest. Yeah. That's made mine obsolete and it just didn't work. It bankrupted some major golf galaxy. Golf, yeah, I think major golf retailers. Yeah. Right. So, so we we definitely want to protect our customers so that we launch something. We say it's better that they know it actually is. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's that Moore's law, right? The, uh, 
you know, based on the amount of transistors you can fit on a die, equaling to about two years, that uh, technology essentially doubles um, the speed of computers and yada, yada, yada. You know, it's, it's only a matter of time before yeah, right. that kind of thing um, we see if we can measure power, speed, control, if we can measure those, you know, absolutely precisely, um, that when, you know, we'll be following suit. So two years, yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from anything else, you're not placing a huge burden of choice on the consumer, which I think a lot of people like, myself included. Yeah, consumers, consumers really, you know, they'll say they want options, right? We all want options. But once you add so many, all it does is it just overwhelms you and you just don't make a decision, right? So, yeah, our goal is always to guide the the customer into the proper product and, and try to make you know that as frictionless as possible. Right? Yeah, we want to make our lineup understandable. We really started that with the amped, where we took one premier technology and then you could choose your shape based on your play style and then weight based on your preference. Whereas before, our brand and, and every brand as well, it was such a mess to try to choose a paddle. There's so many nuances, but um, making it clear and understandable definitely helps the customer. For sure. I mean, many people are saying, certainly in my family, that the Maxima is kind of the be-all and end-all of paddle shapes, design, construction. Been hearing that rumor too. Yeah. We're trying to figure out where it's coming from. Yeah. I have hired a uh, click farm in Bangladesh <laughs> to, uh, to to try and promote that uh, that vicious rumor. <laughs> <laughs> certainly looking forward to it. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's going to be pretty popular. We're excited about that one. Good, good. Yeah, it's a game changer. It's going to take over the world, uh, possibly break the internet when you release it. That's the goal. But, you know, that's neither here nor there, and I am certainly not biased. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, guys, you, you know, you, you two both have been in the industry for quite some time. You seem to have good heads on your shoulders. How is the industry industry going to change in light of COVID? How has it changed, and, and what do you think uh, is the next move to to stay afloat? Yeah, I mean, it's going to definitely be interested, interesting, right? I mean, things are going to change. I mean, to go through this and the country to go through this, I, I don't think you can't say things aren't going to change. It's the question is, is it going to be for the better or for the worst? And I think right now it's, it's a little too early to tell for pickleball. What we are seeing, though, is... So, I mean, tournaments are just getting absolutely obliterated. Mm. And I feel so bad for all these organizers and tournament directors that are having to kind of work through this and, and, and just kind of navigate this situation. I do not envy them uh, in, in any shape or form. So, I mean, you have that dynamic, right? So the pro side that, that that's really being hurt by this, but one, one interesting dynamic we're starting to see is that during COVID, I mean, we were definitely impacted. We were heavily impacted, uh, especially the first couple months. But one interesting dynamic we saw was people started buying a lot of less expensive products, a lot of entry level, and all the nets in the entire industry sold out. Wow. Because people were putting them in their driveways and their backyards and the street. Um, So what we're seeing is we think there's going to be a lot of new entrances into the sport that hopefully will start getting into tournaments, start getting into you know, more aggressively in the sport. Like New York, uh, I think it was New York Times. Yeah, the, the New York Times posted an article saying, is pickleball the perfect pandemic pastime? And it was really sparked by Ellen DeGeneres talking about how she loves pickleball. And if you look at it, the things that make pickleball great in general, make it great during this pandemic, Uh, especially if you have a family, because Mm. as you know, it's really easy to get started. You don't need to take a bunch of tennis lessons. You can get going and parents can play with their kids and have fun. And we, we were just talking to an employee recently who's been really enjoying pickleball with their kids because it's such an easy and fun sport to play. So that makes it perfect during a pandemic. If a family wants to get out there and play amongst themselves, there's, there also is more social distancing with pickleball than um, other sports such as like, you know, basketball, baseball, football, those kind of um, sports, soccer. Um, We're, we, we, our kids are, just started playing soccer. The the league was actually canceled, but um, you, you see the little kids playing and they're all, they're all in, in their faces in the one big pack and everything. Yeah. So <laughs> it's um, like a herd. yeah, yeah. So, so pickleball kind of has the advantage of being a bit more social distancing. So it, it's a great sport during this time for people to, you know, play responsibly. And, and we definitely see a rise in participation. Oh, wow. So that, that's exciting. That's fantastic. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of overflows in the next couple of years in, in different aspects of the sport, yeah. right? So perhaps now, you know, 
paddle manufacturers, ball manufacturers, net manufacturers, everyone kind of should be thinking more towards banding together and trying to sell the sport as opposed to their individual uh, product um, in knowing that, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of like when, when the water rises, right, the boat rises. So um, mm. I definitely think God, we're, we're killing it with these. Yeah. Metaphors. Right. Like metaphor. Mike, you, you, you better I, have I, I looked up right before we started. I kind of looked top 10 metaphors. Um, um, <laughs> but so what, what the, the problem is, right. When you have something of this situation is it kicks you in the face a little bit. So everyone I think right now is still kind of in recovery mode, but hopefully once we kind of get through this and maybe things get stabilized, I mean, we've been a big component component of from a PR standpoint of, of really kind of pushing the overall sport. We've always kind of seen that as necessary. Mm. And that's why we don't get like super intimidated when people like head or Babla or companies like that enter, because the way we look at it helps legitimize the sport and, and raises the, you know, the boat. So um, hopefully over time, the manufacturers can, I mean, we would be definitely up for that band together more to really just kind of, as you said, sell the sport. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still at that stage. And I think for me personally, I'll know when we, we get past that, when I can, um, you know, tell someone what I do and without have, having to yeah. <laughs> field a whole lot of questions about what is pickleball. Um, it's gotten better though, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like compared to five years ago, it's gotten a lot, like, I'm surprised how many people do. If five, five years ago, nobody knew what pickleball yeah. was when we asked. But <laughs> we just said, when anyone asked what you did for a living, it was like, and you just wanted it to be quick. It's like, I, I'm in sports. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it definitely is a good conversation starter, though, for the individuals that don't know about pickleball, because it's, it's definitely a unique name, for better or for worse. Um, so it seems like people are intrigued and, and learning and it's growing. We're going to hold it just there for a moment with Rob and Mike for a quick word from our sponsor, Coach Me Pickleball. Practice makes perfect, right? My name is Morgan Evans, and I have to tell you that practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes progress. That's why we've created Coach Me Pickleball. At Coach Me Pickleball, you'll find an extensive and growing library of lessons on topics covering every aspect of pickleball for every level of player. For one small monthly fee, you'll get access to every video in our library with new content added every month. Check out coachmepickleball.com to sign up for a free seven-day membership. That sounds like good advice. Let's check back in with Rob and Mike Barnes. So tell me, do you guys think, what's your perspective on this? Do you think there is a, an argument for professional pickleball and amateur pickleball um, to somewhat be separated, that uh, what do I call it, bifurcation? Bifurcation, I think that's how you say it. Um, in Ooh, it is a big a, word. Well, it's not huge, but I don't use it very often. I didn't look at my top ten big well, word list before this conversation. Yeah, it's like four <laughs> syllables, guys. If we can't do more than four syllables, something uh, <laughs> wrong with us. But uh, <laughs> you know, in a similar way, uh, well, many other sports have had to do it. But um, do you think it'll always be you know one sport for all for one, one for all? I guess it depends on kind of what, what you mean by that. Do you mean like from a tournament perspective where, you know, kind of similar to tennis? In terms of rules, also the name of the sport, how, how it's adjudicated, you know, all kinds of things that, for me personally, what I don't want to see is, is uh, professional pickleball being held back, um, being restrained by what has been traditionally um, pickleball. I mean, the, let's be honest, the, the dimensions of the court, it's a badminton court. Mm -hmm. And I remember looking and having to answer a lot of questions about uh, Ben Johns's style of playing mixed doubles. And it's very clear that most of the time he is better off without a partner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people will look at him and say, well, that's not fair. You're not letting her play. You know, she's, she's the best player in the world. What are you doing? It's not his fault. The fact that at some point someone was always... He wants to win, right? I mean, that's that's the game. If yeah, he wants to win. You know, he's only got 20 feet to cover. You know, he's quick enough, long enough, and powerful enough to do that job on his own. It's not his fault that no one decided to make this court bigger and make it, you know, an athletic challenge for two people 
right now it's an athletic challenge for one, but it's a walk in the park for two, depending on the level, obviously. And I just think that there needs to be at some point a conversation about what direction the sport, professional pickleball, needs to go if it's going to keep, if it's going to get over that hump. And that hump being where enough sponsors of a major TV network are saying, yes, l- please let us advertise during that. What do you think? Tough, tough question. It is. Uh, a lot of that is going to be driven by what makes it a better TV sport. So there's things that can be done to make it more interesting, more exciting on TV for people who don't even play pickleball. That's kind of where you'll get over the hump and get a larger audience viewing it. So kind of going specifically to your question regarding rules, I, it's possible that things change that obviously will, it'll, it'll be difficult to go against the grain. Certain things like rally scoring might be a possibility, changing the dimensions of the court. I haven't heard that one before. I could see it if it makes it play better on TV. But uh, if, there, if there's things that we can do to make it more of a TV-friendly sport, that's great. One of the things that will probably change and is a little bit easier to change is in the major tournaments scheduling the matches. Mm. So, for example, like with Indian Wells or U.S. Open, figuring out a way to schedule the matches to where you know, like, Tyson McGuffin is going to be on the championship court at this time. Because then you can sell TV. Then you can do live TV, possibly even. But people can schedule, okay, here's where he's playing. Here's when I'm going to set my recorder to make sure to watch that. So, you know, one of the the, um, kind of formats we've advocated for in the past, which we hope that tournaments start moving towards, is a combination of round robin and single elimination Mm. so essentially what you do is you maybe there's 24 teams you'd break them up into sets of four and they would play a round robin which gives them a little bit of a warm-up and then you it allows you to see the single elimination bracket better so you kind of have the advantages of double elimination with a few more games under your belt before it matters but then you also have the advantage of single elimination where every point every game matters more. And then at the end, you have a match that is the championship match. Yeah, no, I think that would be a great step in the right direction. And I know uh, one of our Selkirk pros, Kim Jade, was um, trying to promote that for this year's nationals, which obviously now is not happening. But yeah, it sounded like a. She sent that to us and we're like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, it, it would seem to, to really work. You know, great for the game, great to build, great for all the teams that aren't, you know, top eight or top 12 that need the kind of match exposure. Yeah. For them to get to get much better, they need to be you know, playing tough matches under pressure. Yeah, because you're guaranteed to play four games mm. with different opponents. And kind of like what Mike was saying, too, I guess, on top of that, I think I think the, the problem with pickleball, right, there's so many dynamics. You have hardcore fans, people that just love the name, that love the sport. So I think like going to the name, right, I, I don't think at this point you can change it. If anything, I think if you did that, it would hinder it. In the beginning, maybe it would have been nice. But at this point, you would be doing a total uphill battle to to change that. And I, and I think what will be interesting is, is like you said, I think with pros, there's definitely going to have to be some form of a split long term. But what I guess you want to be careful with, right, is, is you have tennis, right, which very much has that. And I think the sport is so inclusive and so yeah, just so like that's what makes pickleball pickleball is the interacting that that levels playing each other uh, different levels. And 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 that's yeah. what kind of I feel like has the makes the magic of the sport. So how do you protect that and maintain that while also realizing that, Hey, if we're going to, if we're going to elevate the sport, right, we got to get non-endemic sponsors. We got to get people out here starting to, to, to write checks um, outside of this sport and, and start allowing some top pros to start making enough money where they can sit there and train every day. And then as the skill rises, that means the play will rise, which means then it'll be even more attractive for, for TV at that point. So uh, that's what's going to be tough is getting it to that point. Like you said, dimensions, like Mike said, I think that's a big part of it is, is if, if TV is going to drive that. But I think the problem with that as well is when you have a sport growing at the pace it's growing, it's really hard to justify to change anything mm. because it's working, right? So when the sport, I, when the sport levels off, and then there's, they're trying to find new creative ways to grow it because it's not growing at the high pace it is. Then that's when you're probably going to see 
more innovations happen, I would think. Mm-hmm. Whereas now status quo is going to be okay because, you know, USAPA, a lot of, a lot of people, I think, um, and I'm not saying this is the right mindset or not, but they're like, why fix what ain't broke, right? For sure. And, and kind of going back to the non-endemic sponsors, that kind of ties a lot with TV because those sponsors, they're, they're, only, they're, not, they're not going to put out big money for a, a tournament that's simply live streamed on Facebook. They're, they're looking for much larger audiences mm. um, to make it justify the, the uh, sponsorship. However, the, the difficulty with TV is these tournaments have to pay to be on TV. It's it's not the other way around. I see sometimes yeah. on forum people people are like, "Well, why is it NBC not taking notice? Why is ESPN not mm-hmm. taking notice of pickleball?" And it's like it, it doesn't work that way. It's not as if not an that, ESPN yeah. executive or Fox NBC executive needs to look at pickleball and say, "We should do this." What what needs to happen is somebody in pickleball, a tournament, needs to go to TV and say, "We'll pay you a bunch of cash to be on TV during a prime mm-hmm. time." So the question is, where does that? large amount of cash come from well it comes from sponsors but sponsors don't want to do it until they're on tv and it's been proven so yeah it, it's, it's a chicken and the egg scenario yeah exactly which thankfully you have organizations like ppa, PPA is doing a good job that i think mm-hmm. is doing a good job really trying to to bring in those non-endemic yeah. sponsors and, and they've obviously kind of had a wrench in the works a little bit with covid but i think we're seeing that happen but it, it's it's a like mike said it's such an in-depth process right. to get to that point and, and not that many sports succeed at it i think pickleball will succeed but it definitely takes time it's gonna um you know happen somewhat naturally and then also with people like uh the ppa who are, are doing a good job of promoting the sport and making taking that risk yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I'd say if uh, if cornhole can do it, we should be able to pull it off. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And and a lot of it too is just people need to be familiar with pickleball as well. So one of the big things you can do is just promote pickleball in your local area. So the more people who know about pickleball and how it's played, the more attractive it'll be for them to watch it on TV. So the advantage of cornhole has is everybody. Like I'm assuming you've played it. Like. Pretty much everybody yeah. has played it, even because it's just a simple backyard game. They we just played it last night, actually, yeah, we in did, my backyard. Yeah. yeah, I just played at the regional championships, uh, yeah. Southwest, <laughs> Southwest regionals, right, heading right. to nationals. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's a wonderful, do you, yeah. Do you know how much the top guy makes on average, Morgan and, Seven, and Cornell? $7. No, so the top guy, yeah. I, this was a couple years ago, but he made, after winnings and everything, I think he made close to three hundred and fifty grand. Wow. Wow. He's made over a million dollars in winnings from cornhole. So even though I I think cornhole as a sport doesn't hold a candle to pickleball, it does have a a larger audience who knows about it. And again, that's what those non-endemic sponsors are looking for. So that's why on, you know, the cornhole you'll see, I think it's a lot of beer brands. A lot, like beer yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of beer and meat. A lot of beer and meat brands. So they, they have, that's where pickleball needs to get to is where unnecessarily beer and meat, but, <laughs> but more specifically a larger audience that's going to attract non-endemic sponsors. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, okay, so based on what you're saying, perhaps the answer is actually reducing the size of the court and making it much more of a singles friendly, you know, like a 10 by 20 so more people can have it in their backyard um, more people can, you know, play essentially skinny singles against each other. And, uh, you know, you end up having that beer in one hand and meat in the other and a paddle somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I mean, skinny singles is definitely an option to make singles a bit more exciting and fast paced. So that, that could be interesting. Just, I mean, most sports have that bad in tennis. I just think for me personally, I think a lot of people, we need to really start thinking outside the box and thinking about what, you know what kind of sport we want to see a hundred years from now, um, as opposed yeah, sure. as opposed to worrying about you know the five year struggle of what would happen if you you know if you change the name of pickleball. Yeah, in the short term, it would be you know, there'd be some uproar and yada yada yada. But you know, down the track, would the sport be better for it? Would the professional version of pickleball be better for it? And that, I think I'm not saying yes or no. I just think. People should ask the question at some point whether it's to do with the name, and I'm not suggesting we change the name. But I'm, you know, I've always kind of talked about it just because. Well, when I go to a bar and I say I'm a professional pickleball player, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be laughed at anymore. I want people to, oh, really? Not what? What? Have you said? 
Right, right. And I mean, I, I think you, you'll never get rid of the name pickleball, but you could potentially add a name. So you like know, table tennis versus ping pong. Right. Ping yeah. pong's a brand. Maybe yeah. that becomes pickleball. And then, you know, pickleball mm. becomes on the pro side, something they call it just a different name. A different it. name. Yeah, um, just pro pickle or pickle pro. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sounds, I think we gotta I think get rid worse. of worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta right. get rid of the, the all the pickles <laughs> first. <laughs> <laughs> no gherkins, no pickles. All right, fair enough. <laughs> We're gonna hold it there just for a moment for another round of pickleball trivia. Welcome to pickleball trivia. I've got a couple of contestants on the line. Ready to go head-to-head. Firstly, we've got Lindsay Stuckey from British Columbia. How are you doing, Lindsay? Doing great, thanks. Good to have you on board. Your opponent today is Mr. Bryce Betlam from Sydney, Australia, by way of uh, San Diego. Bryce, how are you doing, mate? Good, thanks. It was a long swim. It was a swim, wasn't it? Good. Yes. Good, good. It's a shame that it was just one leg of the triathlon you had to do to, uh, to get your citizenship, right? Oh, oh yes. One of the many legs. <laughs> one of the many legs. <laughs> All right, Lindsay, you're going to be contestant number one. You will start off with the serve. I'm going to ask you a pickleball-related question. If you get it right, you get the serve. You get to keep the serve and you get a point. If you get it wrong or you pass, then uh, Bryce will have a chance to answer the question. If he gets it right, he steals the point and the serve. First contestant to get to five points is today's champion and will receive just an astronomical-sized Selkirk gift voucher. One new rule based on a variety of recent performances is a double-fault rule, which means if the server gets the question wrong twice in a row, unfortunately, the server will be handed over to your opponent. All right, you ready to go head-to-head? Yep. Let's rock and roll. Okay, Lindsay, what is the correct net height at both the center and the sidelines? Ooh, let's see. What is it? 36 inches on the sidelines and 34? That is correct. Yes. Well done. All right, question number two. True or false? The game referred to as skinny singles can only be played by people under 180 pounds. I'm going to go with false on that. That is false. Yes, well done. Well done. (laughs) Good stuff. All right, next question for you. Selkirk pro Tony Tolinar played which sport in college? It would have helped helped if you listened to last week's episode, just so we're clear. Okay, I did not listen. (sighs) I'm hurt. I know. But let's see, I'm going to go with tennis. That is incorrect, unfortunately. I am so sorry to have to tell you that. So that means, Bryce, you get a chance to steal the point and the serve. Crap. <laughs> Any thoughts? Let's go, you know what, let's go with an American sport. Let's go with lacrosse. It was oh. not lacrosse, unfortunately. Should have said rugby. <laughs> Should have said ruggers, yeah. Yep. Oh, very little <laughs> chance of that, I think. But uh, Okay, so that means that Lindsay still has the serve. Are you ready for your next question? Okay, yeah. All right. There are many Newmans in the Newman clan. Name three. Okay. Lindsay Newman. Yes. Riley Newman. Yes. Okay. I know there's a little sister. Mm, And she has a name. (laughs) Um, Let's go with uh, Sarah. Unfortunately, I don't believe there's a Sarah. Uh, Although, I mean, there's more popping up every day, so they may have just had a Sarah. Um, do I get but, half a point for that? <laughs> you don't. I'd love to give it to you. All right, that means Bryce, you get a chance here. Oh, I'm gonna have to. Oh, I I have to be honest and pass on that one. I, I know the Lindsay and the Riley, but <laughs> unfortunately, don't know the third. Well, there's like ten of them, so you you, you could you could literally <laughs> just pick a name, and you got you know a chance. Uh, okay, Lindsay, Riley, and I think we mentioned a sister here, so let's go with uh, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany, yeah, no, no Britneys, unfortunately, right. in the Newman. <laughs> we would have accepted Haley or Cody or many others. Uh, I didn't, I, I didn't honestly look them up. <laughs> good names, good names. Okay, so unfortunately, Lindsay, because that uh, that is a double fault, 
Uh, we're going to pass the serve over now to Mr. Bryce. So, Bryce, you got a good chance here. I didn't earn uh, it, but yes. <laughs> yeah, no, you definitely didn't. <laughs> okay, Bryce. When a player serves the ball and it hits the partner of the returner, it is called what? Partner of the returner. Yeah, so the guy standing at the kitchen line. If it just hits the uh, just hits the player. Shoot. Because I know if it hits the player, then it's still counted as technically in. But if it hits the the, the square that the that other player is in, it would be a fault. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's go with the fault. Okay. So um, this this shot actually has a you know a particular name. Oh, it's an actual name. Yeah. It's oh, a. Wow. It, okay. It's, it's kind of a dodgy <laughs> <Crap>. move. <laughs> Um, Man, if if only there was like some online training resource mm. that I could sign up for. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, jeez. <laughs> if only. I'll, I'll pass on that one then. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a good quality pass. All right, over to Lindsay. Any ideas? I don't know. Let's see. I don't know. I was going to go with fault too. It's called a point for the other team, right? It is called a nasty Nelson. Nasty Nelson. Yeah, named after the. Uh, infamous Timothy Nelson. I'm going to use that one this weekend. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should because and the point is, you do get the point if you serve and you hit the uh, the partner of the returner. You get the point. Um, yeah, because the ball never lands. And uh, yeah, Morgan, so, this yeah. is why you're the coach. And uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's the way I get to ask the questions. There, there's a rumor they're going to try and flip this on me and get other people to ask me questions. <laughs> I'm gonna... I will boycott that until the end. So, Bryce, you have a another chance here. Uh, right. I would I would certainly recommend trying to get this one right. Okay. In a standard two out of three game to a levered match, the match can be competed with only two players ever serving. True or false? That uh, true. That is true. Well done. Good well job. Done, you know. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Did you just guess that? Are you just picked, or did you actually think it through? No, I was trying to logically think through that you could technically do that as long, yeah, as long as, I mean, if it never got to the other players. Well done. Hey, logic, uh, yeah, no, that doesn't always exist. So you've done well to figure out logic in the space of about four seconds. Good job. Also, you didn't mention doubles as well. So I was also thinking if it was singles. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I should yeah. probably say that, shouldn't I? Yeah. I'll, I'll edit it in there somehow. Someone will edit it. <laughs> Okay, so it means you are on the board. You have one point. Lindsay, you have two. Congratulations. But Bryce gets another chance for a point here. Are you ready? All righty. Yep. All right. It's another true or false, so you've got a 50-50 shot here. There is no longer any restrictions to players communicating with each other when quickly hydrating or toweling off. True or false? True. It is true. That awesome. was a guess, though. Come on, that, that one was that was one hundred percent a guess. Yeah. I did know that you could call a timeout. <laughs> I found that out the other day. Uh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I didn't know that there was restrictions around communication. <laughs> <laughs> well, now there isn't. You can have awesome. a chat if you're uh, toweling off or grabbing a quick drink. It's not an official kind of hydration break. They used to do this fifteen second thing. Gotcha. Now that's all. That's all that. All that's changed, and uh, you can have a bit of a chat. But the ref might call you back on court if you get out of hand. We're all mates here, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure. <laughs> all right, next question for you, Mr. Bryce. Alrighty. The new Vanguard line of paddles includes one new addition to the model lineup. What is it? Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I, that as a uh, firm pass. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know there's the Invicta, um, and I know what else is there. So there's the Invicta. There's the epic, true, and then there's oh, there's another one as well. Ah, so there's six in total. It's not the it, it's not the oh there's six. Oh okay, and you're looking for a new one. So, yeah, right. there's a new one that I know. There's one that you use, Morgan. Uh, that that uh, looks. You don't even know the name of it. Oh, Bryce, you're killing me. It's it's the long one that looks kind of like a tennis racket. Is it the Max Maxima? Well, that's the one I use, but that's not the new one. That's been around since the beginning of time, almost. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm just going to go with, what was that other one that has like a two-letter name? Uh, S2. Okay, well, that is one of the paddles, okay. but it's not, the, not, new, the, it's new not the new one, All right, Lindsay, you take that. Lindsay, <laughs> what have you got for us? Well, I think I think I know it. I don't know All now. Right. 
I'm confused. Okay, so are you looking for like there's the hybrid series with the Epic, the S2, and the Invicta, yeah. and then there's the Power that's coming out. Yeah, that's true. That has the three. Is that what you're looking for? No. So there's six paddles in total. Uh, I'll, I will I will happily name five of them for you. There is the Invicta, the Epic, the S2, the Maxima, and the Omni. One new paddle has been announced. Uh, it will be arriving in October, possibly August. Um, it's actually, uh, it is the, the love child of the Newmans. So it's going to be their, their new paddle, their signature line of paddles. So there is a model. It's not the S2. It's not the Epic. Not the Invicta, the Power Invicta. Unfortunately not. I, I, was, I was so hopeful for you. I was too. I was really feeling yeah. good about that. Morgan, what is the name? What can we expect coming? It is called the Mark Six. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a longer, longer handled uh, Invicta kind of shape, and uh, for pay, for players that are really looking to use a two handed backhand, uh, I think it'll do well. Much like the Maxima. Has that been announced on social media? It's been very social. Yeah, I did. It, I did see something on social. Okay. Bryce, uh, you unfortunately have committed a double fault. Therefore, That's all right. I Lindsay, concede. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. At, at any time, either one of you can forfeit. Just so we're clear, <laughs> this is already a uh, the longest uh, trivia. <laughs> I think we should go both get a point on that. We yeah, learned yeah, so much. Yeah, well, no, I think I get, I get the point for teaching. <laughs> all right, Lindsay. Jimmy Hen- Jimmy Hendrix's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner was played during which major pickleball tournament? Oh. I don't know, the U.S. Open? That is incorrect, unfortunately, but not far off. So, you you get, well, you don't get half a point either, but um, (laughs) you just get me saying not far off, really. Over to Bryce. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. I'm not sure. Okay, that's a firm decision of passing. It was the Nationals. Yeah, it was the Nationals. Yeah. Lindsay. So, you uh, get another, another crack at this. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Name three balls sanctioned by the USAPA. Well, I know two. Okay, Durafast. What's the, That's good. the one that I always yep. use? I can't even remember the name. Let's see. Jeez, I'm having a brain fart. The Onyx one. <laughs> Does that count? Uh, right, right now, yeah, totally counts. <laughs> oh, man. This is tough, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, yes and no. Franklin. Franklin. Okay. Can't... Yeah. Look. Hey, that's three. Okay. That's three. Well, there we go. Yes. Well, well done, Lindsay. Well done. God, I'm so. Well, okay. They're one, the soft one, <laughs> the not so soft one, the hard one. Yeah, Does that's, that that's count? their technical <laughs> names. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thanks for sticking with me there. Hey, we had no choice. Uh, you know, I got a, I got a lunch date at some point. Oh, uh, I had the ball names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good man, good man. Well, you you, you get no points for that, Bella. <laughs> this okay. is savage. I tell you, it, it's rough. It's rough. Super savage. Super savage. Okay, Lindsay. Next question. After the ref calls the score, how much time does a server have to serve the ball? It's a great question. I agree. I agree. I wrote it myself. Five seconds. Oh, they'll do that noise in uh, in editing. So uh, that is incorrect. That means Bryce, you got a you got a chance. After the ref calls the score, how long do they have to serve the ball? Uh, I'm just going to go with ten seconds. Nice. Hey, look at you. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, that that's that's correct. Yeah, you're not you're not yanking my chain right here, Morgan. No, no. Now I just want everyone to be aware that so far, sixty six percent of Bryce's correct answers have been guesses. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. Okay. So that's not great. Anyway, but uh, we have a tied ball game here. Uh, three points all. Next question for Mr. Bryce: What does it cost per year to be a USAPA member? I'm just going to go nothing. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they they got to make some yeah. money. Um, okay, gotcha. Incorrect. No idea. <laughs> no idea. No worries. Let's see if one. Lindsay has a has an idea. Well, I think I know this because I'm okay. a member. Good girl. Oh, 20? 20, that is correct. Yes. Nice, Lindsay. Thank you. Well done, Lindsay. Way to support the sport. Thank That's you, yeah. 
I'm all for it. All right. So this is for the win here, Lindsay. This is uh, your four, your four, three up. How are you how are you handling the pressure? I'm not sure I will be able to get this drop shot in the kitchen. <laughs> okay, I'm stressed. <laughs> You've got it. You got it, Lindsay. You, sh- you should be. This is, this is a tough one. Okay. All right. During sanctioned matches, players are required to call their lines. Which line is the exception to this rule? The the kitchen line. The kitchen line. Lindsay, you pulled it off. Well done. Wow, this is unbelievable. I agree. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. This has been Yeah. <laughs> I knew that this one. This has been epic. Uh, I tell you. This is one of those ones where when the editing comes in to, to do this, they're like, do we want to keep it this long or are we going to cut some of these out? And I'm going to have some tough choices on the... Uh, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I'm it's okay meant to be with a five-minute segment, right? <laughs> yeah, six at the most. I think we're on 45 minutes now. No, no, <laughs> no guys, this has been uh, a lot of fun. Bryce, you didn't quite come away from the win, but you got lucky two out of three times. Uh, did, did, you, did. did you have fun? I, I had fun. I had fun. <laughs> hey, I, I think my expectations were uh, were set uh, prior. <laughs> it's coming <Good>. on. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like you, you had fairly low expectations yeah, yeah. and you met those. Yeah, That's thank the important you so thing. much. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is too much fun. All right. Uh, well, guys, thank you both so much. You've given people out there something to, uh, to enjoy. And I'm not saying they're going to be laughing at you or laughing with you, but there will be some laughter. Uh, you, you entertain me for sure, and that's that's really you know that's the name of the game for, from my perspective. I wouldn't normally get out of bed for this, but this, uh, <laughs> this, is, this has been great. Awesome, thanks so much, Morgan. No worries. Yes, thanks, Morgan. It's been a blast. Take care, you two, and hopefully we'll see you on the court. Awesome, appreciate it. Have a good one. Bye bye. All right, take care, guys. Cheers. Well, uh, that just happened. I uh, do apologize to all our listeners who, who uh, had to sit through that. You know, I mean, the vetting process is, is tricky. You know, some of these people, they can answer an email and then they're in. Hmm. But nice to have another Aussie on the show, so that's a plus, right? Let's head back over to Rob and Mike and see what else they've got to say. All right, now, well, one of the questions I, I have for you guys, um, and I don't want to keep you all day, but I kind of do. I like talking to you boys. To, to what extent do tournaments uh, drive paddle sales? And obviously, we've we've lost you know a lot of tournaments. Uh, TOC, as of the day of recording, just got cancelled. That's not great. Do you look at your demographic and realize you know what? A lot of our people are just you know they're just playing for the fun of it. And they're not really tournament players, or or is it um, largely to do with people wanting to compete? Uh, you know, where does it where does it fit for you guys? Um, it does affect paddle sales. Uh, at the same time, like as we invest in tournaments, for us, it's more about the branding. We we never make an ROI in terms of the number of paddles sold versus the cost to sponsor tournaments. It's definitely, I don't think, good for the sport. People want to be engaged in the sport. They want to see matches. They want to see players. And they also notice what players are using. So it's it, it definitely affects us. It's more affects the brand in a positive yeah. light, which then when the brand's more powerful, helps sell paddles. Okay, gotcha. Interesting. Well, we'll hope soon that we'll be back to, back to normal. Yes. And uh, business as usual. There's not really much we can do about it, so there's no real sense in, in complaining. Yeah, it's crazy times. Yeah, crazy times. Now, pivoting just slightly. Both of your wives are named Lauren. What was the mindset going into that decision? <laughs> well, first we... When, when I got married, I had an application form. Okay, good. So, you know, first, if you weren't named Lauren, you were just scratched off. That's fair. Um, and then finally, I picked mine. <laughs> and then and then Mike, or actually, she probably more picked me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, good call. <laughs> she, she had options. Um, <laughs> I was just thankful she said yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then Mike had to do the same thing. So our youngest brother now, uh, we've told him at this point, he basically just needs to do like date.com or whatever. And just, <laughs> and just say in the beginning, it has to be. Uh, Lauren, <laughs> that's good, good. And and when you both proposed and uh, and the girl said yes, it, did either of you say really? Um, you you sure you want to think about this further, or was it just a yes? Get the ring on the finger. Let's do this. I've got- I took it and ran, man. <laughs> <laughs> I took it and ran yeah. <laughs> straight to the church. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> Good stuff. Well, they're both lovely Laurens. They're certainly in my in my top three Laurens of all uh, of all time. Yes, for sure. Now, obviously, you're, you're brothers. Yeah, I imagine you've been brothers for quite some time now. As long as I can remember. Working together so closely, you know, does it always work? Is that do you ever disagree on business decisions? Uh, and if so, how do you break the tie? Uh, we never disagree on anything. <laughs> we never had that happen. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. We get that question a lot. It, it's a really interesting dynamic, right? To work with your relatives, work with your brother. I think. I think what it comes down to, right, is kind of like the underlining trust relationship. So we have a, a rock solid trust relationship deep down. So we always know that we're going to take care of each other. We may disagree and, and really get on each other and, and not agree on a business decision, but we know overall we have the same goals. And, and, and if anything, because we're willing to kind of butt heads and, and, and challenge each other, it actually usually ends up making better decisions overall mm-hmm. because we're not just going, you know, it's not just one person saying, this is how we're going to go. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and then also we each kind of have our lanes, right? Like with Mike, I trust him with a lot of major decisions and, you know, especially from like an accounting and, and just branding and marketing position when he really believes in some, cause I know he, he's been very accurate with that, where he will trust me on, on what I believe with players or some other decisions. So we've kind of built that relationship where, you know, we, you're not saying we don't disagree or we don't get mad at each other, but we always know at the end of the day, we have the same goals. And that we're both working towards that. Right? And, so. and the fact that the problems come up in, in different situations, it allows us to really think through it, think through all the different angles. And when there's disagreement, it's for reasons. And it kind of gets us brainstorming uh, on the best solutions that tend to work out the best. Oh, well, that just seems way too amicable. That's uh, that's. <laughs> well, from an outsider, it might not look yeah, that way, but <laughs> in the middle of it, it doesn't. But it usually ends up, it always, pretty much always ends up. Yeah, always ends up. Oh, yeah. If it was that easy for everybody, geez, well, it'll be a better place. So, way to, way to set a good example there, brothers. <laughs> We're trying. You might have to actually see it. Yeah, yeah. You might not say that once you see the process. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll have to come up there and, and be a fly. Yeah. <laughs> now, lastly. Can you give us any kind of a sneak peek into the future for Selkirk? I know it's all hush hush, and you can't say much. But come on, firstly, any chance, any uh, any plans to keep this podcast going yeah, at all? Sort of, maybe. We were having a discussion after this podcast. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I guess we'll probably keep it. It seems like it's going pretty well. Um, <laughs> Oh, well, you're just fucked. <laughs> but um, I mean, from a future, right? I think, it, I, I guess I, we can speak from kind of an overall mindset. Like our goal is to drive this sport. Our goal mm-hmm. is to drive the brand, to gri- drive the growth of the sport from a from a um, grassroots perspective and a pro perspective. I mean, that's been our goal s- since day one. And, and to do that, right, we're going to be investing more and more in R&D, more and more in branding, more and more in, in projects and programs that help achieve that. Um, so what I would say is like the plans we have as a company, I, I guess you just, you ain't seen nothing yet. Like right. we, we have some pretty big plans. Ooh. I mean, you can't always, you know, count your chickens, but, um, you know, Lord willing, if everything works out to the plans we have, you know, we're going to be making hopefully a pretty big impact long-term in the sport. Yeah. Because, you know, as our slogan says, we are pickleball. And what we mean by that is we're more than just a paddle company, right? We, we want to do things that mm. drive the sport that really lead the sport in the, the direction we think is best for the sport. So we're, we're going to keep doing that um, in a similar way we've been doing with, leading in technology and products and paddles, but even expand beyond that in doing things that help the sport grow and grow in the right way. Yeah. Well, that's just a beautiful answer really, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you weren't reading that from the script, right? Please tell me. No. It came from the heart. Good man. Well, that's why we love you. <laughs> guys, guys, this has been far too much fun. We'll have to do it again sometime. What do you reckon? Yeah, sounds, sounds good. good. We appreciate it. Thanks for all you do, Morgan. We, we, oh, it's it's barely, uh, you know, I, I have to get out of bed for some reason. Right. <laughs> been doing this a while, right? It's been good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been, uh, been trying to bike ride to work more, and I love listening to the 
podcast. It's, it's very entertaining. Did, I think it's the most entertaining podcast in pickleball by far. Did your uh, did your bike did your car break down or something? Um, my body's breaking down. Just trying to fix <laughs> <Body's> it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you've and you've you got a bike. Good man. All right, all right. So there's going to be next time I see you, it's going to be a whole new mic. <laughs> I, I was biking. I said, <laughs> "Oh, yeah, <laughs> in the future." <laughs> okay, okay. That sounds like the triathlons I used to do back in Australia, where I would drive to the beach and walk to the water uh, and float for a while, and then <laughs> do another triathlon on the way home. Um, yeah, it doesn't quite count, but it was a nice idea. Yeah, right. All right, you two, I know you're busy, busy boys, so I will love you and leave you. Thank you so much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob and Mike Barnes. Thanks, Morgan. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. Thank you, Morgan. podcast was powered by Selkirk. This podcast is also brought to you by the next generation of Selkirk Paddle, the Vanguard. I'm Morgan Evans, and this has been More or Less Pickleball. Are you Aussie? I, I am, in fact, Aussie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they, I, I heard that they wanted to get a couple Aussies on the show, so uh, talking, huh. so we can get a translator for the mumbling that's about to happen for the next few minutes. <laughs> Lindsay, can you hear a word any of us are saying? Well, I'm Canadian, so we're screwed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> all, the, all the Americans that tune into this, like, what are you doing? Why, why, why are you even bothering? It's an international podcast now, so... <laughs> No, I'm in San Diego, so not uh, not too far away. Nice. And let me guess, you're a bartender. I'm not a bartender, though I do love my whiskey. <laughs> it was it was a girl, wasn't it? It was some chick that that came to Australia. You met her and you followed her back. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> uh. I'm, I met her over here and I've stayed since. And we're married, expecting our second little girl in September. That's just an Aussie infiltration. We're invading. Brilliant. Like with small people, very small baby, baby looking people. It is. Yeah, 100%. Will hopefully grow. <laughs> it's, it's the long play.